1: My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Indeed it is Judd's Hockey Show, live from Excel Energy Center, at least that's where I am. Declan Goff is manning things from the home studio, and we are here to discuss a 4-1 wild victory. By the way, as we speak right now, I'm looking at the standings, Declan, on ESPN.com. I know there's a bunch of games tonight. Uh, Dallas, Winnipeg, and Minnesota all have 11 points atop the Central Division. Chicago, one point back. The Wild has played 10 games. The rest of those teams have played nine. Nonetheless, the point is... uh Uh, Compared to the first three games that we saw and the disaster that was the first four periods of Marc-Andre Fleury's season, the Wild goaltender played excellent tonight. The Wild did not have a good first period. The flower was great. And then the Wild comes back, two goals from Kaprizov. I have some bad news for you. It looks like uh, Brandon Duhame has suffered an injury upper body, according to Dean Evison and um, it's not good. And so the laundry list of injuries now includes Foligno over to Hartman. Over to not Green, do Hame. Hey. and now to Duhame. And so um, the Iowa contingent continues to, to be called up. But we did see a second goal from uh, Mason Shaw tonight for the Wild. So your thoughts off of a team that now is actually playing pretty well, but definitely is depleted by an injury bug that's hit.
0: Uh, get to the injuries here in just a bit. But I mean, after an zero and three start to go five one and one, so basically points in all but one game since pretty pretty ideal to, to be sitting there after losing the first three games of the year and now you're 5-1 one and one since. your goaltending's been stabilized a bit um yeah you you've kind of battled through a lot of the injuries and yet you're still figuring out ways to win games which is great but i think 5 on 5 this team's gotten a lot better and yeah i mean it, it's it's cool to see you know bottom guys and guys like Mason Shaw who have been in Iowa for a while and have battled with so many injuries score a goal but i also think it's very telling when Kirill Kaprizov, your superstar comes out Scores two goals, should have had a hat trick tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Saw him basically take things over against, again, a, a Montreal team that the Wild have seen before, but at the same time that they should be beating up on. I mean, the, the, this extended run that they're on, 5-1-1, one, and one, outside of their loss to the Bruins, who are look like probably the best team in hockey so far for the first two three weeks of the season, um, these are against mostly lowly opponents, and you should be beating up on these opponents, so good mm-hmm. for the Wild to be collecting points and mostly collecting wins against these uh, bottom feeders.
1: Absolutely, and yes, uh, t- to your point, Kirill, uh two goals tonight. He hit the post in the third period on what would have been a hat trick. Uh, he had five shots on goal. Uh, Joel Erickson, Eck, two assists, a plus two on the night. He had six shots on goal, so some of the Wilds' top players certainly played well. Um, they also, if I'm not mistaken, first goal of the game by... Um, by, or no, I'm sorry. The second goal of the game for the Wild, which was Kaprizov's first goal, came on a power play. The Wild went into tonight, Declan Goff, and this is one thing that's I think absolutely huge for the 2022-23 team compared to last year. Is this the Wild entered tonight's game overall nine for 32, 28 percent clip on the power play, only behind Colorado, Edmonton, and and the Coyotes are third, or were third one of four tonight but uh among the things that the wild has adjusted on their special teams and the penalty kill still uh went into tonight 23rd so that was not great but the power play has been an absolute asset and a year ago that thing was um I think a problem you know the funny thing about about the power play now compared to a couple years back Declan you know here's what I like the first unit often stays out there for a long, long time, and it used to frustrate me so much when Parisi and Suter and those guys wouldn't get off the damn ice because I'd be like, give the second team, yes. give the second unit a chance. It's not like you guys are a bunch of Phil Esposito's. Now with Kaprizov and that first group, it doesn't bother me. They stay out there a lot, and guess what? I'm cool with it because you know why? They have a chance to score. Big difference there.
0: Yeah, you know the, the tweaks they've made on that power play from a few years back, and even from most recently from last season, have been the biggest uh, bright spot I think for the Wild consistently throughout the season. The power play has been great. Um, you don't want to get into a habit where, when they were off to a poor start record-wise this year, where you're so reluctant, you're so reliant on the power play, where they could only seems like they could only score on that man advantage. But they have so many good cooks in the kitchen, if you will, to make that power play successful, and th- and they're empowering younger guys i mean who would have thought too that a guy like kaylin addison who's basically been having up and down type of tenure with the wild going into this season is the quarterback of that number one unit that is the second best power play unit in the entire nhl marco rossi gets time on the second unit um i think just giving players and giving the right players who are best suited to be on that unit not because of the name on the back not because of anything like that, not because of reputation, but, but empowering the right players who should be on the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that, that's easily been the brightest spot throughout the entire wild season is the power play, but it's, mm-hmm. it's the personnel that they're deploying. I think that is really impressive.
1: If there's been a bright spot since the, um, since the overtime loss, so they did get a point in Boston up until through tonight's game, it's this as well. Um, Flurry's been fantastic. Uh, yep. The wild came out, and I don't know why, but it's sort of a hockey rule long road trip bunch of games in a short span your first game back home you always come out like really rusty and and this game was a was the poster child for exactly that okay the wild gets outshot and montreal's not great so don't don't get get me wrong here we, we certainly aren't talking about the 84 oilers but the wild gets outshot 15 to 7 in that first period and flower tonight again absolutely phenomenal and and this is I mean we talked about it before the season on this show and we especially talked about it early on when Flurry was struggling for those first two games and through the first three games when the goaltending just period was not playing well Um, this team's going nowhere without Flurry playing well and and tonight first period he, he made I don't know I think a handful of really nice saves he made a couple in the second and third ultimately Gives up the one late goal, which didn't hurt them. But the point is, if there was one thing that we talked about and harped on, and this can't be, uh, well, Flowers not playing well, so Gustafson can play, right? This is going to be a Flower has to be playing well. Since that Boston game, this guy has come back really, really strong. I think he's played fantastic. And uh, tonight against a team that could have come in here and stolen two points, he didn't basically within the first period allow that and it turned the tide, I think, because then the Wild came out in the second period and I thought applied themselves and from then on looked far more competitive.
0: I, I understand why at the start of the season when he got off to such a terrible start, I think 11 goals in the first four periods of play, um, something of that nature where it was just horrendous. And look, his stats are still trying to rebound from that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, he's 4-1-1 one and one now. With a 3.69 GA and an 8.80 save percentage. And you might say, like, well, how the hell is he winning games? Um, That's skewed because of the first, basically, again, those four periods that just made him go from the tank and he had to basically rise up those numbers. Since then, he's been a very serviceable and above average goalie. Um, he'd have to dig himself out. So I think a lot of people probably who aren't watching the wild are still seeing those numbers from a 30,000 foot view and say, well, he he hasn't been good still this year. <laughs> yeah, good no, point. no he, for the last five, six games, he's been good. And even, even in the loss in Boston when they lost in overtime now about 10 days ago, and he allowed four in that game, but he was spectacular. He kept yeah. the wild. That, that should have been a seven to eight to four Boston win, and he kept them in for an overtime. Um, yeah, he's found his game a little bit. He's 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 one of the most decorated goaltenders of all time. Third all yeah. time in wins. Um, has a chance to, by the end of the year, probably even move into second place, and I believe past Ed Balfour. Uh, for second place all time, which is pretty damn impressive when you really all when it's all said and done. But just in in the snapshot of after the after the poor start he had of the year, he's been great. He's been everything you thought he would be. You know, I, I didn't expect him, and I still don't expect him to be a Vesna guy necessarily. But he looks a lot more comfortable, and a guy who isn't shipwrecking games, you, you yes. can win with Mark Andre Fleury.
1: Yeah, he doesn't look old now. And those first four periods, he looked old. And, and you know, small sample size, I get that. But you're a little bit concerned because you're like, well, the dude is going to be, what, 37, I think, at the end of this month. So you are a little bit concerned. But he has come back and played great. Uh, Let's discuss Kaprizov's first goal, which uh, came on the power play feed from Boldy and was so deftly tipped that the referees (laughs) missed it. And I don't blame them. It it was a little bit tough live. But anyway, but the point is, um, and, and th- this was one discussion point, uh, post game in the wild locker room, mm-hmm. this guy's ability to find ways to score goals, including goals that are tough to score just oh, yeah. from a standpoint of parking your butt in front of the goal where you're going to get hammered that goal to me. Cause I mean, he scored pretty goals and that was a pretty tip, but you know, really the Genesis of the start of that goal is being willing to park yourself right there and to take hits, and he's he is, as we've discussed before, strong as an ox for sure. But um, I thought that that was one of the prettiest goals just from a skill standpoint. And I think there's a lot of guys who, if they got that pass from Boldy, probably can't tip that into the net. They might come close, but that was a thing of beauty, I thought.
0: The the thing that, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record because now we're, what, year three into the Kril Kaprizov era, uh, at least him wearing a wild sweater, is... The, the thing that I want to know him coming over here from the KHO is, can he skate? Can he move? Can he skate? All these Russian guys can come here with the hell of a howitzer. We all know that. And then they can't skate. And they can't keep up. Um, can, he, can he do that? Okay. Yes. Check. He 100% can skate. Yes. The thing that still marvels to me, especially when I watch him in person, I know you were at the X tonight. The thing that I am just absolutely floored by every time I watch him is how strong he is. He he is nice. not just a guy that's a pushover that will sit in his little office and park his butt there and get his wait for his shot or wait for maybe clean up a garbage goal. This dude is strong like an ox, man. And he can take cross checks when he's right in front of the crease. He can win battles in front of the um, win battles on those corners. Um, he is so strong. He is not a fragile superstar. I mean, how many look Stamkos? Love Stephen Stamkos. I mean, literally one of the best players over the last ten years of all time. But. I mean, the guy always battles something. He gets banged up with some type of injury. He gets, hes made a glass. We saw it with Gabrick here forever, right? The groin issue just basically plagued him and prevented him from honestly really reaching his true ceiling here with Minnesota. Kaprizov is so damn strong, and it's all in that—you know—lower half. It's obviously you know the, the, the guy's lower half is what carries him, literally and figuratively. But uh, but the dude is so damn strong. and I think that's what I always forget about when I watch him in person. Yeah,
1: he is. He, he's got that butt too. You aren't going to move him like he is hard to move um and, and I, you know what for a superstar player what really impresses me is how much um how can i put this nicely how much gritty work he is willing to do you know cuz there's a lot of stars that don't like to go into the corners they don't like to stir things up kaprizov d- doesn't care um all right let's transition to this because i also want to talk about kaprizov's second goal that came in the second period And I tweeted this, and I've run this by you before, and I know that this was just um, a small time on ice for both guys. So this was not done, I I don't think, in any way intentionally. Um, But I don't think it's a mistake. I don't think it's an accident that Marco Rossi's first point, which I know was darn near waved off by a high stick, but it was not. His first point comes on a play with Kaprizov, who scores the goal. Um, this goes back to what we've been talking about, and this is why. And I don't know if this came through on TV or not, but I really thought that after Rossi got that assist on the Kaprizov goal, his entire game picked up. He looked tentative till then. Like, it is frustrating because there's times where you're like, dude, you are talented. And he's a tough player, so it's not like he's just a prone because he, he's not big, but he's not prone to be pushed around necessarily. Uh, I thought after that goal, though, his entire game changed, and I would love to see him get more time um, because I really believe that it's a situation where when his confidence goes up, and plus because of his skill, the more skilled players that you put him with, the more Rossi thrives. And the thing that I don't think Dean totally gets is this. This is not a grinder. Like he's not going to grind. He's not going to be the. He's not going to be the Hartman Goudreau. This is a pure talented player who has to do his job. I get that, but I really want to see him and Kirill together.
0: I thought from start to finish it was his uh, most noticeable game in a positive way tonight. Um, yes, he he probably almost got the goal. Um, his interview with him with Kevin Gorg in the second intermission basically said he thought it was going to be high sticking. Even when they looked at the review, he thought it was coming back for sure. Um, but his, you, you saw that once you got an opportunity to play with Kirill Kaprizov on the ice there, that you saw the best of his game. Yes. I, I think even maybe even due to injury here, again, these things are just piling things up and you got to shuffle guys around. There might be even more of a case to move him up here and give him more opportunity and give him more run with that top line and Kirill and Matt Zuccarello who are so phenomenal. So I thought it was his most noticeable game, his most positive game so far in his young wild career. Maybe this sparks things. Maybe this gets his game um, in the right direction from more of a noticeable standpoint. I don't, again, I don't think he's been uh, a bad player throughout his tenure so far at the Wild. But we're still waiting for him, instead of being a passenger, to be you know, right. a driver. Can he be a driver of the puck? Can he get to the net more? Can he still up on the box score a little bit more? Um, and I thought tonight was the first biggest positive step he took in, 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 being, make, in making that happen.
1: And I, I thought before he got the assist that he was still sort of tentative at times because I tried to watch him because, I mean, this kid's got talent, and it felt like he was tentative and, and not really completely sure of, of himself. But when he and krill were paired out there, I mean, bang, it just took. And then after that, he was great. Now, now the hit at the end was shoulder-to-shoulder w- with the uh, Canadian's player. I don't love that type of hit, but I don't think it's – a dirty hit and it certainly didn't draw a penalty. Uh but what I do like about that is again from that point on he was assertive. And that's what and that was the guy that we saw in the exhibition games. Yeah. An assertive player. And that's what I want because he's got the skill and the talent, and he's strong enough, like he's not a weak, weak player. So I really believe that if you can put him with skilled guys His confidence grows. It doesn't mean he's not going to make mistakes, but, you know, don't mistake him for, well, if you're not defensively responsible and I've got you with a couple third-line guys, Boldy's fine, but, you know, I got you with some third-line guys. No, no, no. I think Kirill Kaprizov, Rossi, and Zuccarello would 100% thrive together and it would be worth a a chance.
0: You definitely saw two guys like Kirill showed up on the score sheet tonight. Boldy was on the score sheet tonight. Ross was on the score sheet tonight. I mean, these were, these are the future of the wild, basically, you know, and they're all showing up and whether it's on goals or assists or whatever it may be, um, they're all showing up on, on the staff sheet tonight. And th- these guys have to carry, you, you know, now if there's an injury to do does Adam Beckman get a call up here? Yes, does someone next. else um, get, get a call up here to take his place? Can you still kind of shuffle things around a little bit? Because you have to, with all these injuries and, you know, when you lose a Felino and when you lose a Hartman, you lose a Duhame. Um, Greenway? That is, again, Greenway. And you lose all these physical, bigger guys. Um, yes. Th- that's a loss, yet the Wild are still finding ways to win. I don't think the Wild have to just throw their weight around, and they that's how they'll win games, and that's their identity. But I do think um, them losing those players gives yeah. other opportunities to guys like Beckman, like Rossi, like Boldy, to probably score up on the score sheet more than, than they would before.
1: So just trying to guess here on uh, on – potential timetables now of the four guys who are out Hartman I think it's his shoulder I'm not sure but indications are it's going to be a while so it looked to me like in the fight with Tenorti the shoulder might have popped out possibly total guess reckless speculation on my part uh, but that sounds like it's going to be a while Felino is upper body and nobody's saying what or like how long. So I think that there is probably some genuine concern there. Greenway, I think could come back on the road trip, which means he wouldn't play Thursday. They then got what five days off that we talked about. Is that right? Dex after that. And so it sounds like he could return on the road trip. Do hame doesn't sound good. I don't know if, if they've got a timetable yet since it just happened in this game. Uh, But the point is, yes, you are right. They're going to need guys like, uh, like Shaw. And if, Beckman has to come up, which I think he probably will. The good news is this, though. The really good news is the fact that this team, as far as its call-ups go, is in so much better shape than like three years back when you wouldn't – they'd be screwed right now. Like they didn't have guys to call up. Or if they did, they weren't good. So the one thing that uh, I think has probably started just to give him credit with Paul Fenton but certainly has carried over to Bill Guerin is they have now built a farm system where you're not totally screwed – Uh, but I think probably the first guy from the list of four that I went through who's going to be back is Greenway, but my guess is it's not against the Phil McAdack uh, Kraken. (laughs) Kraken on Thursday. It's probably probably after on the road trip they're going to go on after that.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, they have a game against Seattle at home on Thursday, five days off, and then three games and four days in California or on the West Coast, I should say. So just – a goofy little schedule here, so good, good on them to have five days off to get some players healthy to a degree and, and figure out what they want to do from a roster construction point. But then three games in four days, I mean, game on from that point. I, I, I would like to see Beckman up. You know, he, he shined here in the preseason this time last year and is, and is putting up solid numbers um, in Iowa since then. So I think he's probably the one I'd circle
1: at that I'd like to see the most, but um, we'll see. All right. My last thing. Yes, sir. Brock, Rossi and Kaprizov. Come on. Let's see him together. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I think there's magic there. I think there's untapped magic. Everyone doesn't need to be a grinder. God bless him. Frederick Goudreau can play on any line because he is basically the reincarnation of his head coach. Give Marco Rossi a chance. All right, Dex. Take us home, and we'll we'll see the folks tomorrow for Mackey and Judd, Purple Daily, and all that other good Absolutely.
0: stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment on this YouTube channel. This is Score North. This is Judd's Hockey Show specifically. That's Judd Zolk on I'm Declan Goff. We break down Minnesota Wild News, Games, and other extra news. Uh, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Also, if uh, you're a business and you're looking to maybe uh, advertise oh. that business, maybe on this podcast, maybe on Purple Daily, on Mackey and Judd, shoot us a note. We have some openings starting in 2023 um, you can fill out the feedback side on the Score North app, or you can shoot Phil Mackey an email. It's pmackey at hbi.com if you want to uh, fill something out there, or maybe there's a business you think we we would love to endorse. Give us ideas. We're obviously um, all, all for that as well. So,
1: uh, all right, Jed. Good stuff, man. i got got to get home and uh, get some sleep before we I popped NyQuil start.
0: like 20 minutes ago.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm back a sick little bit before. of a cold. I was sick before. And around, we should w- wrap up by saying – Again, congratulations to the Vikings. This T.J. Hawkinson, the the more I think about this trade, it's just a win. It's it's just a damn win. Thank you, Detroit, for being the Lions. You are a giving type, as is right now the rest of the North. Green Bay does nothing. And Claypool, instead of going to the Packers, going to the Bears is great news because the Bears are not going anywhere in 2022.
0: Head on over to Purple Daily for that full breakdown. Daily Minnesota yeah, Vikings you. Entertainment as well. Just uh, is Judd's Hockey Show. Hit the subscribe button. We'll be back here soon enough.
1: Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Spurgy? Hard work and having fun. F*** that. This is about f***ing winning.